Hi, this is Dee, and you're listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. Um, on today's episode, we are going to talk about depression. Um, uh, before we get into that, though, I just want to mention that I do have, uh, I don't know exactly where you're listening to this at, but I do have a Podbean uh, podcast, which is what I'm recording this to, um, and then I share it to my YouTube channel, um, but um, as I've mentioned before my other podcast, I am working on doing the video. I um, tried to do it um, the last time, and it was one of those things. I don't know if you I don't know, probably tell my age here. Um, we used to fry, watch Friday Night um, Kung Fu uh, back in the day, um, and the mouth never matched the voice. It was like uh, one or the other was trying to catch up to the other one. Um, and that's kind of what my video was looking like. So I was like, no, we're not going to do that because it confuses me even to pre-watch it. So I'm working on that. Um, so until then, we're going to do it this way. But um, so feel free to look at uh, listen to my other podcast. Now, if you have any suggestions, um, by all means, please let me know. Um, I'm all open ears uh, for any respectful criticism. I try to share as much information as possible. Um, sometimes I just free kind of mic it and sometimes I do research um, and print out some information and I try to do my citations and stuff um, obviously out of respect to give credit to where credit is due um, and sometimes I do both but this one I am going to once again do a little bit of both um, depression is something that um, I am all too familiar with I am severely manic depressive um, and I've mentioned this in my a couple of my other podcasts I've also got um, bi uh, bipolar, PTSD, OCD, and um, a few other things going on. Um, but it, it's people might think, oh, okay, you're depressed, um, you're sad, um, you know, or whatever. And depression goes a lot further than just being sad. It really does. And I think a lot of times it's misunderstood. Um, and a lot of times I feel like it is um, judged. Uh, it's very much judged, and um, people think it's just a matter of you need to get over it and get on, and and it's, believe me, it's easier said than done that way. I wish it was that easy, um, but hopefully in this episode, I'm going to read um, some information that I got from psychcentral.com. Um, if you haven't been to that website, please do so. They have a lot of nice information on there. Uh, here lately, I've been getting a lot of my information from their site, um, just trying to go over some general things obviously that are very important um, for people and if you're going through something like this um, hopefully it can help you and maybe um, make you feel like um, you know you're not alone um, so and if you are going through something like this um, and you're struggling with just survival of your own well-being and your own mentality of being in your own world in your own head uh, sometimes we feel like a prisoner in our own minds um, Please reach out to somebody if possible. And I know, like I've said this before, um, when you get in that state of mind, it's not that easy to do. Um, having a go-to person to call or feeling like uh, you will be strong enough to reach out to a helpline or, or whatever, that is not always easy and not always the case to do. And um, sometimes having a game plan, and this is what I have done. Um, I've been trying to teach myself to have a game plan prior to um, if possible, and have backup game plans, if you will, because sometimes depending on what episode of um, a moment that you're having or experiencing also determines on what kind of 
uh, coping mechanism will, will help to work. Um, and sometimes what works at one moment will not work at another moment. So trying to have different things and, and being honest with yourself um, and being straight up honest with yourself about what you're trying to do to better yourself. And just also know that you are human. You're going to make mistakes. Um, and sometimes you may have setbacks. But that does not mean that you're a bad person. That does not mean that you cannot uh, regroup and, you know, yourself. And it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going backwards. Um, sometimes going back and retracing our steps help us to give a more positive and realistic direction, I believe. Um, because you have to... If you're not honest with yourself on your emotions and what you can cope with and what you can't and what are good coping skills for you, because if you're being fake with yourself and unrealistic on what um, methods you can do that actually help you. Okay, um, I had to take a break there for a second and I know you would not know that. Um, so I'm trying to remember exactly where I left off. Um, in case you are not aware and are familiar with my podcast, I actually live and take care of my mother. Uh, my mother is blind and disabled and bedridden, basically. Um, so she needed me. She has this little um, button that she rings uh, when she needs me. Um, and so that went off. I don't know if you could hear it in the background. Uh, so I had to stop for a minute to go take care of her. Um, I don't remember exactly verbatim what I was talking about, but I know in a Bob Park figure uh, about what I was discussing. And that was pretty much... Um, being honest with yourself um, when you're trying to do coping mechanisms um, and being honest with yourself on what you can handle and what is realistic for you to be able to do. So what might work for one person might not necessarily work for you. And that's okay because you are your own individual. But um, And if you try a mechanism or a tactic and it doesn't work for you, like I said, try to have a backup plan on something else. Um, and, and have a variety of them if you can. Research some different coping mechanisms. Um, I know like the other day, uh, I had two episodes on different days. Um, and I know like day before yesterday, we had really bad storms that went through here. And um, I, I mean, the storms that, you know, I wasn't having a moment because of the storms per se. But... Um, that, I just remember that night because I had to open the window up to get some air um, to try to breathe and to breathe through my um, anxiety panic attack that I was having. And um, I had to do some calming techniques with myself and calming words and um, things with me that I have to um, talk myself through. And um, a couple of days before that, I was crying very uncontrollably. I was very upset, um, very high into my emotions. And um, I had to uh, try different variety of coping mechanisms because um, what normally had worked in the past wasn't working at that moment. Um, and uh, so I had to do a little switch up on some of them. And I have to talk myself through it. And I've, I've said this before, you know, um, I, I am a surviving suicidal victim, and I am a, a surviving self-harm victim, um, among other things. And I have the scars all over my body. 
um, especially up and down my arms to prove it. Um, not that I need to prove it, but I'm just saying I, I have scars. My daughter says it looks like I have chemical burns um, because of the way they look. But um, dealing with coping mechanisms and things to try to help work through things, my anxiety would get so bad that I was a picker. Some people are cutters, some are pickers, some are burners. Um, I was a picker, and I would subconsciously just pick um, at my arms, at my face, my chest, um, just, and I wouldn't even realize I was doing it. And it got really bad to the point where um, I had to wrap my arms up in ace bandages. Um, to try to get myself to teach myself to stop picking and to try to control it There'd be times where I would start picking my chest and my whole complete chest would be one big bruise um, from where I was just and I wasn't getting anywhere with it. I was just pinching it and um, I've gotten to the point where it got to the point sometimes too that I would self-harm myself. I would punch myself in the head. I'd punch myself in the face. I would hit myself. I'd bang my head. Um, I would call myself names. I would uh, do a variety of things. I was looking up ways to um, to end my pain, um, to kill myself. Uh, I didn't want to die. I just wanted the pain to stop. And I've said it before in a couple other podcasts. Um, I was even looking up... Uh, ways to inject uh, rubbing alcohol. <laughs> um, I was just looking up different things. Um, I had made a variety of different pill concoctions um, and a few other things, but um, through um, the grace of God <laughs> and whatever he's putting into my path of my journey here, um, whatever it was, um, has saved my life. And I am at a moment um in my life, I'm in a moment, not a day. I'm in a, instead of being in a moment in the day, I'm in a moment in my life. And for the first time in my life, um, I can honestly say I want to live. And um, that's a big deal for me. And, um, but there's some times that it gets very overwhelming that I don't know how I'm going to calm myself down. I will talk myself through it and I have come to, and I've said this before on my other podcast too, um, the part of me that wanted to harm me, the part of me that um, is a surviving victim um, is the same part of me that I'm trying to heal. And I'm trying to teach myself to um, redirect myself, but in a positive manner. And... um, so I have to be realistic with that that version of me. And so um, I would talk to that part of me. And and maybe that's to some people may sound real uh, funny and, and uh, crazy. And um, like I have a mental, I mean, I do have, I mean, I do have mental problems. But we all do. I mean, who really is normal? What is normal? Because <laughs> um, everybody's got something going on. We really all do. Um, in my opinion, but, uh, at the same time I would lay there, um, and sometimes like before my, my trauma personality, if you will, the part of me that was hurting so bad, um, instead of beating myself in the head and hurting myself, um, I would take my hand and I would squeeze my, my blanket like a stress ball. Um, and I 
sometimes I would tremble, sometimes I would have seizures. Um, and um, I'd cry so hard that I would make myself sick. I felt like I was going to throw up. I wouldn't be like heaving, but um, I would get it to that level of uncontrollable um, anxiety. Like I had to do something to break it um, from, and, and, and I say break it, I had to break it somehow to calm down without hurting me. And so I would lay there in the bed and I would try to talk myself through it. I would try to breathe myself through it. Um, and if that doesn't work, I mean, one time I even got up and I thought to myself, okay, laying here is not going to accomplish it. We're obviously at a point in this particular attack that I'm going to have to take a different measure. And um, laying here like this is not going to do me any good. So I have to get a change of scenery. So I actually physically got up out of bed. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning-ish. And I went outside. And um, I stood on the porch and I took some breaths and tried to redirect myself and calm myself down the best I could um, and came back in and went to bed. I pray a lot. I, um, I put a lot in God's hands, but I also have to remind myself that God gave me two hands for a reason as well. And um, sometimes I have to use those resources um, to, in order to be resourceful. And harming myself with them is not the realistic way to go. And when it gets to that point, I need to take um, alternate routes and try to have enough faith in myself um, that, um, that I'll survive it and have enough faith in myself that I can work through it and when I can't I pray very hardly um, that I can handle the that moment at that time I sometimes you can um, have a big map planned out and everything and got and you know the world just says you know life says hey we got a different plan for you because this ain't this ain't working and um, Sometimes you have to trust yourself, um, but that comes with a lot of honesty because being honest with yourself and trusting yourself um, need to kind of go together, but they're not always in the same category, if that makes any sense. Because sometimes you say you trust yourself or you don't trust yourself, but then you're not probably being honest with yourself either. Because I, 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 I right now as of right now I trust myself and I'm working on believing in myself um, and that in itself is a huge accomplishment and going through things obviously um, watching my mom go through what she goes through being through some of the trauma things that I have been going through and have went through uh, I just lost my dad a couple of years ago and that's when I started taking care of my mom uh, but I've also lost my grandson to a tragedy among many other people in my life that were near and dear to me. I've been through quite a bit. I've even said, um, you know, I could probably write a book about my life, <laughs> honestly. Um, <laughs> so funny, I, I asked my mom the other day, I said, you know, we could probably make a, a movie out of my life. <laughs> and um, this is going <laughs> to, this is probably going to tell my age too. And, and those who know who this person is, I'm going to say, 
um, just note that when my mom said this, I it I still laugh about it, but it took me a long time not to laugh anymore because it was so funny. Um, but, but I said, you know, they could probably make a movie out of me. And I said, who do you think should play me? And without batting an eye and missing a beat, she said, Phyllis Diller. And I said, well, for one, Phyllis Diller has passed away. But I said, really, Phyllis Diller? This is where you went, Phyllis Diller? Um, <laughs> and I just, I cracked up laughing. It was so funny. And I told her, I said, well, you remind me of um, Estelle Getty. And I said, um, so, you know, the, the ma from Golden Girls. I said, you know, I could, I could see her playing you. I mean, obviously, she has also passed away, but um, I just looked at her like, really, Phyllis Diller? I mean, jeez. <laughs> so, anyway, but, you know, different things happen in, in people's lives, and different things um, are not always the same, even if the emotion behind it is the same. And I have got to the point where, when before, you know, I used to always say, oh, I understand, or I can understand that. People are like, no, you don't understand. You're not me. And you know what? I, I had to stop and really think about that and realize you're correct. I'm not you any more uh, than you are me. And I cannot expect somebody to understand me and where I'm at because they're not me. And even if we have the exact same identical situation, who we are and how we handle things are not the same. So what would work for one person might not work for another. And um, that in itself is a lot to carry. But when you have people in the background that think you should just get over it or you're just sad or, you know, they're judgmental, you know, or whatever the case may be, um, those are people that are not being honest with themselves or have not dealt with the level of emotion that you are going through. And I have gotten to the point in saying, instead of saying, yes, I understand how you feel, I say, yes, I can, I understand that emotion. Because while I don't understand how you feel, I understand the emotion behind that feeling. And sometimes it is that simple to be that deep for me. But when you are uh, faced with depression, and this is all me talking, I haven't even read this paper yet. Um, but when you are faced with depression, it's a whole different ballgame on top of everything else. And coming back to this article that I found on psychcentral.com, which I will go over. We're going to go over it together because I've not read it yet. Um, it has some things listed on here that may be beneficial for some people. Um, so it doesn't hurt to touch base on it and um, see where we come out at. So according to psychcentral.com, there was an article written effects of untreated depression and uh, what to look for and it is by connor rice and sandra uh i hope i don't butcher her name casablanca oh okay half of the letter was cut off casablanca on march 23rd 2021 and it says fatigue irritability hopelessness and pains and aches are all effects of depression they can be managed though the effects of depression can be physical, mental, and emotional. The condition isn't about feeling sad or down, not trying hard enough, or something you can put on hold um, at a, you know at will. You know you can't just put it down just to say, "Oh, I'm gonna put this down," because if it was that easy, we w this thing wouldn't even be a thing. Um, depression is a mental health condition that affects all aspects of your life. 
Symptoms of clinical depression usually last two weeks or more, and they can go on for years in some cases. This is very true. You may also have had, um, sorry, let me start over. You may also have some bad depression days, and on other days you may feel like you can manage. This is natural. Regardless of how you live with depression and its effects, help is available and can improve your quality of life, but what happens when depression goes untreated? This is what has been happening to me, and I have, um, I have been, I have started uh, mental counseling as long as physical therapy, and I've been also seeing a doctor um, who has prescribed me some medication. Uh, and I've been getting migraines real bad, so she has also put me on some medication for that. I used to get migraines real bad all the time. Um, so it is very important to get your mental health in check because. Your mental health is just as important as your physical, um, your physical well-being. I mean, it, it is, and, it, and a lot of times I, I have had a doctor tell me that you know when somebody is depressed and going through things, um, it does numbers to your physical well-being as well, and it goes at your weakest spots first, because they are the most vulnerable. And um, it does take a toll on you. It really does in so many ways. So it's just as important to have your mental health in check. Um, physical effects of depression. Huh, go figure. <laughs> Let's see what it says. <laughs> Despite being a mental health condition, depression can still affect the rest of your body. Physical effects of depression usually appear progressively and sometimes for no obvious reason. At first, you might not even associate your physical symptoms with how you feel. When you have depression, you may begin feeling very tired, even after a very or after a good night's sleep. You can also experience aches and pains without any apparent cause. For example, you might feel as if you're coming down with the flu, but you never get flu symptoms beyond fatigue and body aches. <coughs> depression might also affect your sexual life, decreasing your libido or sexual performance. Sometimes you won't feel interested at all. Other times you feel too tired to even engage. And this alone can have a very mental effect on you because <laughs> it affects your partner. And then your partner doesn't understand all the time. And um, then it causes a big, huge other effect um, altogether. And then you feel inadequate and um, just not able to um, be yourself. And then you feel like something's wrong with you in that end. And, um, you know, it gives you, whether you're a male or a female, it gives you a dysfunction. Um, and it makes things more complicated on top of everything else that you're going through. These are some of the most common effects of depression on your body. Chronic pain. Chronic inflammation. Headaches or migraines. Cramps. Constipation or diarrhea. Nausea and vomiting. Chronic fatigue that doesn't go away after resting, changes in sleep patterns, changes in weight, changes in appetite, decreased sex drive or pain during sex, increased chance of autoimmune disorders. Depression can also increase your chance of developing physical conditions. For example, 2014 literature suggests a review suggested that depression is linked to a significantly greater chance of myocardial inf infarction and coronary arteries, excuse me, coronary heart disease. 
One of the greatest challenges with the physical effects of depression is that they, in turn, might have uh, might make your other symptoms worse. For example, might not able to sleep can lead to more aches and pains. Also, too, if you don't get your sleep in, your body cannot rest. And if your body cannot rest and you're not getting adequate sleep, your mind cannot rest. And if your your mind needs to be uh, rested because then it can get um, delirious. You can hallucinate. You can um, have um, psychological effects um, and stuff that changes due to your, your – you could be forgetful. Um, it's just a variety of things because your mind needs to rest just as much as your body. And sometimes uh, you're – and if you're like me, <laughs> my mind doesn't go to bed, but my, my body is saying, hey, I done, I done laid down a long time ago, and I'm done ready to go to sleep, but my mind wants to stay up and play because <laughs> they're not on the same page. <laughs> Um, one of the greatest challenges with physical effects of depression is that they, in turn, might make your other symptoms worse. Um, not being able to sleep can also lead to more aches and pains. Psychological effects of depression. The effects of depression on the brain can, in turn, affect your emotional well-being. This not only includes your favorite activities and your job, but also your personal and professional relationships and activities. When you live with untreated depression, you may notice your productivity declining. This could affect you at work or school, even if you have high functioning, even if you have high functioning depression. So you might be more apt to not be um, wanting to be active in life. You know, um, things that you normally love to do and people you normally love to talk to, whatever. Um, you just have no desire. And it's nothing to do with them or the activity per se. It's just you just have no drive to do it. Um, and sometimes even opening your eyes and getting out of bed is the biggest challenge. Um, taking a shower is a big challenge. There's a lot of things that I know from past experience um, that has overcome me. I, I have talked about before where I actually slept five days in a row. I made myself sleep five days in a row. Um, because I didn't want to do what I didn't want to do. And I was trying to be a responsible suicidal victim, um, if that makes any sense to anybody. I didn't want to harm myself. I just didn't know how to cope with my pain. And um, it got so overwhelming that I didn't have anywhere to put it. And I didn't want I didn't want to put it on me in a deadly manner. So I was I was fighting for my life. I really was. Um, and I wasn't even in the right state of mind to even comprehend that at the time, all the way. And um, it's it's a it's a darkness. It really is a darkness. Um, so it goes on to say, you can also experience the effects of depression on attention and memory performance. It might be difficult for you to recall newly learned information, for example. Untreated depression might. Uh, also lead you to isolation. You may feel lonely or like staying home more often and start passing on gatherings with family, family, close friends or family. Keeping up with social connections could make you feel overwhelmed and drained. I used to go to this karaoke place um, and I had been going there since the beginning of time I feel like and I knew everybody in there and everybody it was like cheers to me you know I walk in and they're like hey D. Um, but there was a time where I was trying to get back out into the world 
um, and working through my depression and, and things that I was coping with in my trauma. And um, I walked in there. It was so overwhelming. It was so overwhelming. I couldn't handle all the people in there and all the activities that were going on. It was just so much. And I kept getting up, and I'd walk out to the door, and I'd start to get my car to leave, and I'd go back in. And I did this repeatedly. And one of my very, very close dear friends of mine, uh, Dawn, she looked over at me, and she said, come here. Sit down next to me. And she patted the seat. She said, sit down next to me. You'll be okay. And um, I looked at her, and I'm like, okay. And I sat there, and I wasn't – I wasn't me like I normally is or normally was, um, but I I eventually calmed down enough where I could actually talk and interact with people. Um, but I stayed in my seat. And if anybody knows me and I'm sitting down and I'm not up moving or talking or I'm a social bug, um, or if I'm not dancing because I'm big on dancing, um, if I'm not doing that and I'm sitting down, something's going on with me something's wrong or I'm just not feeling it but um, I actually sat there and um, spoke to my friends who were sitting there and I worked through the moment and Don sat next to me uh, the whole night and um, was very supportive and helpful of me and um, that was a huge deal for me and even now with taking care of my mom I haven't really been out in society in a long time because I am with my mom 24-7. I have no outside help from family and friends. Um, I don't have anybody over. I don't go anywhere. I don't talk to anybody to amount to much at all. Um, but I've been trying to do stuff to occupy my time. Why my mom, um, she is basically, she's confined to her bed. So um, in this big old house by myself basically outside of taking care of my mom so I do a lot of um, I'm an artist so I do a lot of um, crafting and artwork um, and I also started doing my podcast and I've also been working on a couple other things as well and I also have an organization um, that I've been building I have a Facebook page on it I help the homeless a lot and I provide resources and stuff for people because I was homeless for two and a half years and I'm very passionate about it um, and I am extremely passionate about uh, the military and veterans and um, I um, have a, a lot to say when I get started on that one um, so I, I do this to try to occupy myself and try to have an outlet because I have learned um, my some of my coping mechanisms and I've, I've said this to my mother of course going through what she's been going through but it's really difficult for her because she is confined to bed and she is blind. So her limitations are very more severe than what mine were because I am mobile um, and I can see. But um, And I'm not codependent um, on taking uh, on my well-being. Um, but when I was going, uh, and I still do this actually, um, and, my, and then to some people, I, I hope this uh, makes sense to you and, I, and, and it – it, I have learned this the hard way in my journey, but three things that I learned very importantly, and, and this kind of goes with the subject, um, even though it's not on this paper, uh, because a lot, a lot of times, honestly, just being able to talk and have life uh, realistic experiences goes far more greater than a piece of paper. Although there's great information on here, and I'm going to continue reading it, but being able to relate to life 
as a human being um, is very vital. Um, human contact is very vital. Um, and I unfortunately don't have a lot of that. <laughs> so, but three things that I learned, um, you have to try to try. And I say this because um, when you get depressed and you stay in bed or you don't even want to open your eyes, you have to try to open your eyes. You have to try to get out of bed. You have to try to take a shower. And you might not be able to do all of them at once. Do one at a time. And even if you just open your eyes but you don't get out of bed, you tried. And sometimes you have to try to try. Maybe you'll get up. You open your eyes, you'll get out of bed, and you'll walk downstairs maybe or in the other room. Um, and then maybe eventually, about a half hour later, you might end up right back in bed. You tried to try. And that's okay. You accomplished that far. Baby steps. Because, and sometimes you have to try to try to try. And that may sound crazy, but it's true. It really is. For me it was. Because if you don't try then you're not going to have, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you don't get anywhere, then that depression is going to consume you. And that's not, a, you will be confined in your bed or in your head or wherever else um, you put yourself, whether intentionally or not. Um, but eventually, when you try enough, eventually you'll succeed, at least at one thing at a time. You know, and, and be honest with yourself about it. Don't overwhelm, don't overwhelm yourself with realistic, um, with realistic methods and, and things to do. And um, even if you sit down and do a game plan, that is trying to cope with what you're going through. And when you do those coping mechanisms, you're not only trying to try, you're doing, and that's that's great. That is great just in itself, even if nobody understands that. My daughter used to come up to me, and she'd be like, Mom, you need to get out of bed. Mom, you've been in bed for five days. Mom, you need to eat something. You haven't ate. Mom, I'm applying for you a part-time job. Which position sounds the best for you? This will at least get you out of the house a little bit, but it's only part-time, so it's not going to be too overwhelming. This is what my daughter did for me. And um, she was a huge lifesaver. She, I'm so blessed to have her in my life. Honestly, I don't know where I would be today without her. I, I probably would not be here, actually, honestly. Um, but the second thing uh, is to breathe. you got to learn to breathe. Um, breathing normal air is a positive plus. But when your own breath suffocates you, that's a whole different ballgame. And sometimes you have to just remember to breathe through your anxiety, breathe through your episodes, coping mechanism breathing, um, but not too fast or you'll hyperventilate and you'll overwhelm yourself. Breathing is very important to calm yourself. Third and far most important, I wish I knew in the beginning, but understand now, I guess, at this day and time of why I didn't, because it is something I had to learn. Find a place to put your feelings. A positive place to put your feelings. <clears throat> I put my feelings in a lot of negative places. And um, that was not keeping me alive. 
was killing me. And um, I had to revert, um, redirect myself. Um, and like I said, from the grace of God and whatever was put in my journey um, has been a big, huge plus plus for me. Um, regardless of what it may be or how it was, um, I don't know. All I know is where I'm at now. And, um, that's okay. Sometimes in life you don't want to, you don't always understand. Sometimes you just need to remember to say thank you and just count your blessings. But you also have to remember that you are a blessing. And that when you're in depression and having your moments and whatever state of mind you're going through, that is very difficult to wrap your head around. No pun intended. It really is. Um, but find a place to put your feelings. Have an outlet. And that's what breaks my heart with my mom because she has no outlet. My mom used to be a songwriter. She actually published a song once when I was a kid. She used to play guitar and keyboard. and um, She has several songs. She has a reel-to-reel tape if people know what that is. And we're about probably the same around age group. Um, <laughs> or at least familiar with that generation. Um, but mama had a, my mom had a lot of songs that she wrote. Um, my dad was also, he was from West Virginia Hillbilly, um, a lot of picking going on in the house. My uncle was also a musician. I wrote music and sang, played harmonica, very musically inclined family. Um, my younger sister and I, we both, um, you know, sing. I love to dance. My sister also plays, um, I think keyboard. Um, I probably could get down on the drums. <laughs> I probably could. Um, but, um. My mom is stuck in her bed, and her only thing is an audiobook. She lives in audiobooks, and day in, day out, all day long, audiobooks. And um, she is in her head. She's in her emotions. She's in a very big um, depression. She's on three uh, anxiety pills, and they just actually upped the dose of one of them. Um on top of the rest of her physical uh, handicap attributes that she's got going on. Um, and the depression is just eating at her uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and it's it's um, not only heartbreaking to watch, but it's also heartbreaking to know the emotion behind that level. And I try to do everything I can to keep myself in check the best I can so my mom um, my mom has me as a backup plan if she needs it but um, those are three very important things that I have learned and I also write poetry um, and and um, I like I said I probably could write a book about myself I've always been good at writing I could write it when I was in college I could write a book report in a day hands down and get a, a hundred on it and I'm not I'm not saying I'm like you know this the bomb deity or whatever but um, I've always and, and maybe that's hereditary from my mom I've always been able to write um, not always the best to express myself <laughs> um, because sometimes I'm people don't know how to take me um, I'm a big metaphoric person and and stuff but um, I also have a warped sense of humor a lot um, but I have this thing where I like to make people laugh. 
And I feel that if I have somebody laughing, um, then at least I know for that one moment that they're laughing, they're not hurting. And even if I can give them that one moment of not hurting, that maybe they can actually get a breath and, and breathe. And that's kind of my philosophy on that. Um, but anyway, I'm going to continue reading. Um, <clears throat> other psychological effects of depression include loss of interest in previously enjoyable activities and hobbies, harder time concentrating on your tasks, feeling frustrated, restless, or irritable without any apparent reason, persistent anxiety or sadness that not necessarily connected to a specific event, feeling helpless, vulnerable, guilty, or even worthless, have a, a pe pessimistic or hopeful outlook on your life, difficulty with decision-making. I can relate to these. <laughs> when to seek immediate help. Like I said, this is always easier said than done. Because when you're in a different state of mind, your mind is not um, thinking rational, if you will. So what people, what you may think at a moment when you're not having a moment, as opposed to what you're thinking when you are having a moment, are not the same way. So that's why I said it's sometimes it's best to have it pre-prepared. Um, um, plan, if you will, on how to handle um, those aspects of your life in your moments prior to, then as opposed to trying to um, hope for the best at the moment. Because if you don't have a game plan, um, unfortunately, a lot of times that's when your emotions get the best of you. And it can be deadly. It can be deadly. Um, so... But there are a lot of organizations and people that you can reach out to. And if at all possible, um, if you're blessed enough um, to have somebody that you can go to, to talk that you trust and confide in, uh, unfortunately, not everybody has that. And I, for one, um, am that person. <laughs> so um, I do have a very close friend of mine that uh, I do talk to a lot, but there's a lot of things obviously that's happened to me that I have not shared with her. And it's not that I don't trust her, um, because I do. But um, when you have spent your whole life um, feeling um, abused and mistreated and made fun of and your own self-worth has been questioned, your mentality is questioned, your whole purpose of being alive, alive is questioned, it's difficult to have faith in um, filling your worth, filling your worth it. Um, and then you have difficulty going to somebody, or you might feel embarrassed or feel prejudged because of other people that have judged you. Um, or have made you feel guilty for having emotions. Because um, some people, like I know where I've tried to express my emotions, they would automatically turn around on them, think, you know, it's not about you. You know, what about my feelings? What about my wants, my needs, and blah, blah, blah. And and I'm not looking to be, belittle theirs, but when the whole conversation started off with I needed to talk to somebody, then it should have been about my feelings, my emotions, and what I needed because that was the whole purpose of the conversation to begin with. But then it got to the point where it just began. It, it would end up in a big, huge argument. So you just get to you just get to the point where you just don't even bother. 
So when you get like this, it's hard to go to somebody. But if you are blessed enough to be able to overcome that and have somebody to go to, um, please, by all means, um, life's on that, that resource. Um, also, too, 988 is the Suicide uh, Helpline Prevention Center. I talk about that in all of my podcasts. I try to anyway. Um, they are very skilled uh, professionals that can also direct you professionally. I personally have never called them, um, but I do know that they are out there and they um, that is what they do. Um, so when to seek immediate help. Treating depression is advisable in every case, but it becomes a priority if you think about hurting yourself or others. Have suicidal thoughts or fantasies. Don't have the energy or the will to fulfill your duties, like taking care of your children or going to work or, you know, living, uh, feel your symptoms are getting worse. Sometimes, though, um, you have a difficulty acknowledging um, some levels of that. Like when I was going through what I was going through, and my daughter was taking care of me. Um, and if I'm honest with myself, if I really owned it, and which I do, um, being and this is where I goes with go with being honest with yourself. Being honest with myself, I admit to myself I was in no position to be doing uh, doing anything. I was in no position for anything. I was not in a position to be a mom. I was not in a position to be a girlfriend or, or a wife or a friend or a child or anything. I was not in the in the right frame of mind position for that responsibility. I could not even comprehend or take care of myself as a human being of my own well-being and entity um so the other stuff in itself i was not in any position to be um and if you are concerning self-harm suicide you're not alone help is available right now um and it says the suicide prevention hotline um if you cannot do 988 the phone number is 800 273 8255. Um, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to the crisis text line at 741-741. You can text HAND, H-A-N-D, to the National Crisis Text Line for the Deaf at 839-863. Um, and you can also uh, visit Teen Line online. Um, is depression a disability? For some, depression can be a deliberating uh, mental health condition. It can make it difficult for you to get out of bed in the morning or have a productive and fulfilling day. You can learn more about how to claim your depression, um, to claim disability depression. Let me restart that line again. You can learn more about how to claim depression disability. Um, if you find that it is overtaking your ability to uh, work and uh, function in the work environment. Uh, ADA resources. For help receiving financial assistance for depression, visit USA.gov. If you believe that you or someone you know is being discriminated against uh, at work over a, a depression diagnosis, you can file an ADA complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice. Um, can the effects of depression be reversed? Depression is fully manageable and treatable and recovery is possible. If you experience untreated depression for a long time, some effects may not be reversed. For example, chronic inflammation in your body might have already caused some physical changes. 
This is not always the case though. Some effects and symptoms of depression can be fully reversed. Seeking the help of health professionals might help diminish the effects of depression on your body. It can also help you manage your current symptoms and prevent further occurrences. And I kind of disagree on some of this. Um, I disagree that your depression symptoms can be fully reserve, reversed because uh, it's always going to be a part of you. It's always going to affect you and you're always going to have some sort of triggers. Um, and working through those triggers is key point. Um, so you're never going to get fully back to quote unquote you, but that's where you have to be honest with yourself and note that you're never going to always be the same person you was prior to whatever moment you're in. Because that moment is going to affect you one way or another and alter you in some way that is going to choose your next moment. So it's never going to be reversed. In fact, it might be amplified. It might be um, devastating. But it also might be a way of uh, regrouping, regrowth, um, and um, finding yourself all over again for the first time. And, um, you know, I always, you know, say like the person I was before um, my trauma in my life, I will never be that person again. That person more or less died, in one, metaphorically speaking. I would never be that person that I was during my trauma, my massive, massive trauma. <laughs> um, but everything that I have endured in my life and every person that has crossed my path in one way or another, whether it been negative or positive, has made me, molded me, shaped me, however you want to word it, into the person I am at this moment in time that you hear in your ear. This is me today, this moment. At this point in time, this is me. And I have, I have been through hell and high waters to get to this woman that I am right now. And um, I am learning to be honest with myself about that. Because my whole life that I was, everything I worked for, my I have three degrees, I owned my own home, I had my life together, the list goes on and on and on. And I went to living in my van for two and a half years, lost everything I owned, lost my home I owned, lost all of my belongings, all my kids' belongings, I lost um, my children, I lost my grandchildren, I lost myself, um, I lost me, I lost my identity, I lost my life. Um, I, w I felt like I was dead and not buried. And I couldn't breathe. I was suffocating on my own life. And I would say, living can suck the life right out of you. And now I'm to the point where I remind myself, literally remind myself to breathe. I have to breathe through it. But I have to remember to slow it down or I'm going to hyperventilate and I'm going to be over more overwhelmed. So I have to calm myself and breathe myself through it without being unrealistic and, and um, trying.
trying to manipulate my own well-being through it. So I say be honest with yourself because if you're not, you're going to manipulate yourself. And, and, and that may sound funny to some people because you're like, how can I manipulate my own self? But you can. If you're not honest with your own self and you are trying to tiptoe around things or try to be unrealistic or trying to maneuver things and reword things or contradict things for your own um, benefit, if you will, and you're not being honest with yourself, you're manipulating yourself. And if you're manipulating yourself, you're not going to get nowhere. You're going to be exactly like everybody else and everything else has made you feel. Don't be that person. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, I that can be deadly. That can straight up be deadly. And you don't deserve that. It's one thing to own it. It's another thing to honestly... Remember that just because you own it doesn't mean that it's yours to continue to carry. Sometimes the load that you carry is not always your own. But how it affects you is what matters. And that's what you also need to be honest with on yourself. Some burdens, some heaviness, some uh, mental well-being and lack thereof, um, and even physical attributes of yours um, that you have endured through your case that you're going through or whatever you've been through are not always your own doing. But the results and the repercussions of it and the effects of it are yours to continue to carry. And that's what gets heavy. When you carry other things on you that are not your own, but yet you feel them, that they become end up becoming a part of your own identity and then you don't even know who it is that you're looking at. You don't know if you're looking at yourself or you're looking at whatever society has made you be and become. So you need to be honest with yourself. And you need to learn how to respect yourself. But at the same time, you need to understand the best you can that it's okay if you don't always understand and maybe that sounds talking in circles, but if you really think about the way you feel in those moments, that gets overwhelming. And you don't understand why you feel the way you do. Why is this happening to me? Why do I feel this way? Why do I think like this? Why are, why are they treating me this way? Why, why do I, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. But it's okay not to understand it all the time. You don't always know why you feel the way you do. What's important is the fact that you feel the way that you do. Regardless of how you got there, you're there. So be honest with yourself and acknowledge, while I don't know how I got here, I'm at this point. So if I'm at this point now, what am I going to do now? to remedy it, counteract it, whatever it is that you want to call it. Take control of it. Don't let it control you. Control your breathing. Don't let your breathing 
control you and suffocate you. Because not, not all moments have another moment. And that is what's scary when you're in that mental state of mind that you're in at that particular scenario and time and moment. And I say moments because it is a moment. People say, oh, I had a bad day. You know, and, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's the way they look at it. I say, you have a bad moment. Turn your bad moment around and you have a better day. Have a change of scenery. Have a different, change something in that moment to turn it around for you and make it a more doable, better moment. So you can have another better moment. Because if you don't, your moments eventually are going to be so overwhelming and consuming that your moments will turn into forever, eternity. And nobody deserves to be there. You don't need to deserve, you don't deserve to be there. Okay, um, let's continue reading. I'm very passionate about this subject because I... <sighs> This is who I am. And my podcasts have been an outlet for me. And I always say, you know, I don't get any money out of this. I, you know, I, do, I don't. I don't even know how that even works. I do this because I am trying to make a difference with everybody else and myself. Even if I help one person in this world, podcast by podcast, or word for word, or even just something in there that they can take out of it that helps them, then that is all that matters. Even if it's just myself. And I've said it before. <laughs> it's a great outlet. It's a great therapy thing. Um, start you a podcast if you need to. Start you some way to get your voice out there. But also, too, talking about things um, and being real, realistic and, and um, honest with yourself as you do it. It has been um, very therapeutic for myself. So just, just a suggestion. Um, so this paper goes on. How is depression treated? Um, there are different types of depression that may require specific treatment. In general, side effects of depression can be treated with medication. Antidepressants are a common form of treatment for depression. Consider discussing the side effects of depression medicine with your hair care. Not your hair care. <laughs> Health care team. I mean, hey, go get your hair done. <laughs> Health hair care. Um, everybody likes to have their hair done. Well, I mean, unless you don't have any, but um, then get your... Get your <laughs> that is not going to even sound right if I even finish that sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that would even, I, I stopped myself on that one. Um, hmm. My son, um, goodness, my son, I used to shave his head. And I would tell him, go in there and brush your hair. And he's like, I don't have no hair. I said, go brush your hair anyway. It massages your head and your hair follicles. It massages your head. So even if you're bald, go comb your hair. <laughs> massage your head. <laughs> anyway, I went there. I, I, I don't mean it that way, but 
whatever works for you, I guess. Relieve your anxiety. Get it on out. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> we all need therapy. I need therapy. I'm in therapy. Okay, anyway. I amused myself. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry because this is me. I'm not apologizing for me. I, and I learned that. I am, I am trying to teach myself not to belittle myself and dumb myself down for anybody. And it's not always the, the easiest route to go. But also, too, I try to be respectful because not everybody is into my crude humor. But sometimes some things are, in my opinion, some things are just freaking hilariously funny. Um, or, you know, whatever. It gets a giggle. Um, and I'd rather you guys laugh and get a giggle than be crying. So, um, you know, unless it's happy tears. But therapy. Counseling for people with depression is often built on evidence-based approaches like interpersonal therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, and mindfulness-based con cognitive therapy, if I can talk, brain stimulation therapy. Um, this type of therapy may include electroconclusive therapy, uh, nerve stimulation, or repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation. It might help you cope with some of the chronic effects of depression. Um, I used to clean crime scenes for a living, and we did a lot of suicides, a lot of suicides. And um, we did this one suicide. And I talked to this, I think, about one of my other podcasts. There was a gentleman that lived in another state, and he got a rental car. And he moved to Indiana. This is where I'm at. And um, got an apartment. He moved away from his mother. Um, got an apartment. He didn't even unpack his belongings. Everything was still in a box and labeled. He had all of his insurance papers laid out, all of his um, his will laid out. He had um, his last wishes he had laid out. Um, I looked at my, my um, employee and I said, um, this breaks my heart. This guy was a very considerate well-planned suicidal victim. Um, and he had a stimulator um, in his bedroom by his bed, his for his head, his brain stimulator, cranial. And um, his notes and his journaling and stuff that he did was so heartbreaking. Um, but he had moved away from his mother and got this apartment because it was his premeditated suicide plan. That's how much he didn't want to live no more. He moved across state lines with a, um, a rental car, rented an apartment, had not even lived there a month. Then he, I don't even think he lived there but a couple weeks, if that, um, because he didn't want his mom to walk in to find him. He didn't want to do that to his mom. So he moved across state lines, got an apartment, didn't even bother unboxing, uh, called the police, told them what he was going to do, told them that the front door was unlocked and just to come in. And they found him on the floor by his couch. And the front door was unlocked. And that's a thing. And that's how deep it can get. That's not a just get over it scenario. 
This is how deep depression goes. And it goes sometimes even farther than that. But this man, this human being, this son of a woman that he loved so much that he moved himself across state lines so his mother would not walk in and find him dead because he lived with his mom. It's a real thing. You don't just get over that. So when somebody tells you, oh, you're depressed, you need to get over that. You need to get out of bed. You know what? They need to be counting their blessings that they don't feel that level of emotion. Because unless you look that abyss in the eye, you don't understand that level of emotion. So please do not judge what you don't know. Because it's easier to have an opinion on something that you have no repercussions on, no consequences for, and really, honestly, does not have anything to do with your direct well-being of breathing life into your, your body of your soul as the person that is going through it. Because at the end of it all, they're the ones laying in that casket, and you're the one mourning them and wishing that you would have known what to do or have remorse or regrets or saying you never would have guessed it when in all fact that person probably did try to reach out to you in one way or another. Or maybe they didn't because sometimes there are no signs. But do not be judgmental on what you don't know and understand. I always say if people were less judgmental and more understanding, this world would be a greater place. But we're also hell-bent on drama and being drama than anything else and that's sad it's really sad my opinion taking care of yourself coping with the effects of depression sometimes begins with small lifestyle adjustments this could complement the effects or the efforts of traditional treatment there are some things that you can do in your daily life to help you or someone close to you better manage this condition some care learn how to talk sorry some self-care tips for depression include move more often. Consider adding a few minutes of exercising and activity in your daily routine. Staying active will help you feel better in time. Exercise is great for depression. At least that's what I've always been told. Follow a nutritious, rich diet. Um, people who follow diets rich in fruits and vegetables carry a lower chance of developing depression. Keep connected with friends and relatives. Again, this is easier said than done. This could um, include spending some time on the phone, video calls, or having a cup of coffee together. Um, I know I've had people tell me before, um, I tried calling you, um, or call me back, or you didn't call me back, or you know, I invited you, but you didn't show, you know, whatever. Um, it's not always that easy. Is it when you're secluded and you're isolated and when you're in your own cocoon, per se, um, reaching out and staying connected to life, let alone family and friends, um, is a life sentence all in itself. And, I, and that's sincere. Open up. If possible, talk about your feelings and thoughts with someone you trust, which I said that earlier. This might be challenging, but explaining your sentence to other people might help them provide you 
the support you need. For instance, this podcast. Um, me talking about this and uh, all of my podcasts. I'm very candid. I'm very open. I don't sugarcoat nothing. Um, and I've even broke down crying in quite a few of my podcasts. Um, if you haven't already checked them out, please do so. Because it's, I mean, it's it's realistic. It's real. And it, it is... Maybe it might also be something that can help you. But at the same time, too, don't ever feel like you can't reach out to me and um, be there for me as well. Um, I am always open um, to listening, um, interacting, and being a part of um, helping, even if it's just myself. And I'm trying to get used to saying that because I have always let go of myself to hold on to other people. And I'm learning to teach myself to remember I'm worth holding on to, too. Because while I was holding everybody up, I was falling. And nobody was reaching down to grab me. But nobody knew to. Or they were so tired and going through their own stuff, they didn't have the strength to. Either way, I was falling. And for whatever reason, um, I was caught. And um, here I am now. So, <sighs> be realistic uh, with your expectations. This is what I was talking about earlier. Be honest with yourself. Um, it says this is not this not only goes for your personal and professional life, but also for your treatments. Um, because if you're not honest with yourself, nothing else is gonna is gonna work. It's not gonna work. Your treatment's gonna work. Your mental state of mind's not gonna work. Your everything is not gonna work if you're not honest with yourself internally. Doesn't mean you need to sit down and talk to everybody and spill your guts out to somebody and be honest that way and repent and you know count your sins and your blessings you know or whatever not count your blessings. But you know you don't need to repent for every single breath you've taken in your life to the world. You need to. Uh, be honest with yourself as you go not necessarily all at once but that doesn't mean that somebody else needs to force your hand to make you own something because if you don't do it on your own and in your own way then it's not going to be real it's going to be fabricated based off of what somebody has conjured you or manipulated you or redirected you or whatever has made you feel and then it's because of uh, it's a it's um it's an action based off of somebody else's, and so you're in no different position than what you were to begin with, unless it's your decision and your time and your way, in effect of <clears throat> being re realistically honest with yourself, but. Owning the moment. But if you go and do it based off somebody forced feeding you on it, you're going to choke. You're going to choke on it. Um, it's just like, uh, for instance, somebody in recovery. <clears throat> Unless that is your absolute decision and your mental state of mind, then it's not going to be a solid decision. And then your chances of succeeding are going to be very, very hard to hurdle for you. Not for somebody else, for you. 
and I'm not saying it doesn't directly affect some people because everybody's affected when it when you're somebody you love but when it comes to your own individual life your breathing your well-being your physical attributes you as a person you 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 that is where the cocoon is and you cannot flourish if you don't if you if you only do it based off of somebody else making you because you need to put that's a part of growing that's a part of teaching yourself and learning um, to love yourself again it's it's self-worth a self-acknowledgement but it's also self-growth self-love self everything it's about yourself and that's what it comes down to so be realistic with yourself and if you can't accomplish it and you fall or maybe not fall but you stumble that's a part of learning growing and trying sometimes you're trying that's where you get the trying trying and trying to try but don't use it as an excuse either because then you're not being realistic with yourself and being honest learn more about depression understanding this condition is key to living with it set goals setting daily or weekly weekly goals are meaningful to that and let me start that sentence over again i just butchered that i'm put words in there what even there set goals got that word two words setting daily or weekly goals that are meaningful to you might help well i don't know why that was such a hard sentence <laughs> a goal could be as simple as calling a friend, walking to your local park, spending time outdoors every day. And now I say this because <clears throat> I was uh, listening to somebody, uh, I forget what it was, but um, they were saying, you know, the dishes kept looking at me. And um, it was overwhelming. And I couldn't tackle them. And I could relate. Um, because I'm very big on the kitchen being clean. Um, I clean the ca the counters and stuff, and I used to not be able to go to bed without doing the dishes. I mean, I'd be up at three o'clock morning doing dishes. But since I had been taking care of my mom and have been going through uh, my regrowth of my mental life as well as everything else, the dishes are very overwhelming to me because um, I can't always handle it because it's too much. Because um, I got so much I'm doing and it's trying to prioritize things, um, but I have since looked at the dishes and like you're going to be there tomorrow and if i feel like doing you tomorrow i will or i'm going to put you in the dishwasher either one so i don't have to look at you or two the dishwasher can wash you um but i don't always like using the dishwasher um or sometimes i do both because there's been so many dishes right there um but then i'm like <laughs> the only person that's going to bother is me because nobody else is going to see him in that sink. My mom doesn't see him. She's in her room and she's blind. So he's not going to see him. And nobody comes over. So nobody else is going to see him. And if they do say so, I'd be like, well, I don't know. It'd be really nice to have some help around here. But I don't have none. It's just me, myself, and I. And I do this 24-7. Do you wanna really want to open up that door? So that's not going to be an option. So then I've come to the point of saying to myself, the only person that's going to bother is me. And if it bothers me, 
I'm going to have to work through it. And if the only way of working through it is to do the dishes, then that's how I'll work through it. If not, then I will turn the light out and I will go in the other room and try not to go back to the kitchen. Or I will continue to say, I'll wash you tomorrow. Or I'll wash you tomorrow. Or maybe later today. Or when every single piece of silverware is dirty in the house, I might think of it more then. Now, mind you, um, sometimes it's been that bad. Um, and sometimes it's not. But... <coughs> Um, I'm also OCD, so it eats at me, and I live in my mom's house, so my way of life and my way of living and my things that I have in order and my um, things that I'm used to, I've had to readjust and, and adjust to my mom's way of life because my mom's way of life has to be her way of life because, for one, this is her house, and two, she's blind and has to have things consistent, so I've had to adjust myself, plus on top of that, I have a bed in the living room, which, um, you know, sleep on or whatever, and my stuff is scattered everywhere. Um, it's in boxes, it's in storage, it's in the garage, it's in her camper, it's in my camper, um, it's in the attic. I mean, because I don't have a lot, I'm trying to rebuild my life. Um, most of it's my crafting stuff, where I've been crafting, because I don't have nowhere to put it right now. Um, and that's overwhelming to me. It's a really big overwhelming, and I just did a podcast on adjustment disorder, and I'll tell you what, that's a real thing, because uh, that's me 100%. <laughs> it's a me thing 100%, and, and my mom as well, because when you're blind, you have to do a lot of adjustments, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it is a thing, um, but it's, uh, sometimes it's overwhelming, and then you add that to everything else, and then your anxiety starts to build. And sometimes it's that simple of a trigger that gets you. At least it does for me. Next steps. Um, we're going to wrap this up here so because we're at a, an hour and, and 17. Next steps. Uh, the effects of depression can be physical or mental. Effects and symptoms can be managed with the help of mental health professionals. When treatment is sought, it can be possible to improve your quality of life. Um, if you or someone you love is living with depression, um, here are some resources. American Psychiatric, Associ Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, Anxiety and Depression Association of America, Association of Behavioral and Cognitive Therapies, I don't know why that word is so hard for me to say, National Alliance of Mental Illness, National Institute of Mental Health, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and Project AIR. Um, and this all came off of psychcentral.com. Minus my own input. Um, but all jokes aside, and I'm, obviously I'm not joking right now, but anyway, metaphorically, um, hypothetically, however you want to word it, whatever word suits you, um, all jokes aside, depression is no joke. I have severe manic depression. My insurance company have deemed me medically fragile. Um... Because it has taken a toll on me. It's not something you just get over. And if it's not intervened in an appropriate, safe, realistic, and healthy manner, it could be the death of me. And I am fighting like hell for my life now. And I am pretty damn proud of myself. I am not 
cured per se, if you want to quote, quote unquote, I will never be cured. But as long as I'm on this side of the ground and I really am doing what I can in a realistic manner of being honest with myself, then that's, that's uh, something to be proud of. And I, and I am. But I will say this. When I say be realistic with yourself and be honest with yourself, you also have to understand that when your mental state of mind is not in its logical state of mind per se, being honest with yourself and realistic with yourself is a whole different level at that point. And that's where you need to have a game plan prior to that if possible. Because sometimes being the stronger part of you is not always the easiest thing to do. And sometimes it is easier said than done. And sometimes it's not even talked about. It's just done. So please, if you are fighting with your head, remember you're a winner. And you do matter. And this life, this world, is a better place with you in it. Please do not give up. Fight for yourself, but don't fight yourself. And 988 is the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Also, too, feel free to reach out to me if you need to. I will do my best to help you as many ways as I can. There are people that care. There are people that understand. And there is a person right now in your ear, which is me, by the way, that understands that emotion very well. And I've got the scars inside enough to prove it. But I'm not going to compare my scars to yours. But I will try to help heal them if I can, if I need to. And um, or I can help you to find ways where you can learn to help to heal yours as well. Sometimes the biggest healing mechanisms I have found very therapeutically is to remember that while you need to help yourself and be there for yourself, helping others is very, very life-saving for all parties involved. So just keep that in mind. And I pray that you find a way to not go the other way. If you have taken your time out to listen to me today, like I always say, your life um, your, your time in your life is the most precious, valuable thing in your life that you will ever have that you can never get back. And if you have taken your time out to dedicate listening to me from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate that and thank you. Because that is a part of your life that you are willing to share with me. And that to me is priceless. And I 
and very blessed to have you in my life. Um, and if you have any suggestions or anything, please feel free to comment um, or anything you uh, need to share. Also, too, I'm working on eventually having guest speakers. So if that's something you think you would like to be a part of, please reach out to me. And I'm also open to any type of suggestions on subject to talk about. So on that note, I will let everybody go. And I do hope that everybody has a safe and blessed evening. Again, this is Zee, and you are listening to my podcast. Let me clear my throat. Have a safe and blessed night. Bye.